Welcome to Simply Remarkable, a multi-live streaming show, and it was created by Remarkable, a speakers bureau, just for you. Now, I'm your host today, Sue Falcone, founder and CEO of Remarkable, and we're going to have a wonderful time after Thanksgiving. Now, we began this show for you, as I said, so that we could showcase the remarkable talent that we represent and book here at Remarkable. This is a great conversation time so that you can get to know them personally as we do and see their value as a speaker or performer or entertainer for either an event you might be planning, we never know, or you know someone that is. Now, you'll also see how remarkable our guests are and how they can help you be remarkable too. Now, thanks for joining us on this day after Thanksgiving, known as Black Friday. We hope that you will join us for the full time before you get out there shopping. And our active chat line is open, ready for questions, engaging with you, any of your shout outs or anything. We'd love to hear that from you. Now, today's guest is global award winning, high energy business growth, sales and leadership expert. She's a best selling author and one of the top. 100 sales experts on LinkedIn. Welcome, Meredith Elliott Powell. Now, she's a Hall of Fame speaker and is the incoming 2024 president of the National Speakers Association. Now, she's helping all of us turn uncertainty into our greatest competitive advantage. Are you willing to hear that today? I am. Welcome, Meredith, to our show. Thank you, Sue. Excited to be here. Always love working with you and Remarkable. Well, we love working with you too. I mean, it's been an amazing journey. And today, we are so excited to have you here today, giving up your time on this Thanksgiving holiday. I love it. Speakers are always generous to do that. And where are you coming to us from, Meredith? I'm actually down at um, uh, my home in Charleston, uh, South Carolina. We always spend Thanksgiving down here with the family. So uh, down here, um, working out a little bit, making up for all the food I ate yesterday. Aren't we all? <laughs> yes. Well, I love Charleston. I love that area. So thank you for giving up some family time. And uh, we'll ask you how you're working off that weight later. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That extra eating, we all got to do that, but we're just going to jump in because this 30 minutes goes by so fast, so fast. So Meredith, where did you grow up and where and who was the most influential person in your life? Yeah. So I grew up in a little town in Western Pennsylvania. It's coal mining uh, country, right at the corner of the state near West Virginia, Ohio, and Maryland. You could be there in, um, in any of those in in 30 minutes. It was a great little community to, uh, to grow up in. Clearly the most influential person in, uh, in my life is my mother. I don't know that I knew that at the time, but I find myself here at this age quoting my mother uh, uh, constantly. My father was really active in our lives a, as well. But my mother, you know, I grew up in a pretty traditional home where my dad worked and my mother stayed home. And so she was clearly uh, the most, clearly the most influential. And I find the older I get, the more right she turned out to be. 
I think we've all found that out because <laughs> at the time that we weren't sure. Right. <laughs> well, then coming from a small town, coming from that area, when did you get involved in the speaking industry and the business world and become the expert that you are today? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting journey. It probably like most speakers, I never sought out to be a speaker. I didn't even know that speaking was a profession or anything um, like that. And, you know, my mother, from the very time that we were young, uh, unlike most parents, my mother insisted that we talk to strangers. It was something that she said was very, very important, that when we walked into a room and somebody didn't have a friend, it was our responsibility to make a friend with them. Uh, the other the other thing that she insisted her children do was volunteer in the community. Now, I mentioned those because those two pieces are incredibly significant in my journey to become a speaker. No matter where I have lived in the country, in the world, I have always gotten very involved in the community. My first volunteer role was at age five at Easter Seal. My mother made me go down there and uh, and volunteer. The other is, no matter where I am in the world, whenever I walk into a room, I feel a huge responsibility to talk to people that I haven't met before and make other people feel welcome. And that led me to, no matter where I was working or what I was doing, I was always being recruited by companies to come to work for them because I was well known in the community. And I was well known in the community because I talked to everybody and I volunteered um, for everybody. And so I held a lot of pretty prestigious corporate jobs in healthcare, in finance, and in the travel and tourism industry. But at the age of 40, I decided to go out on my own as a business strategist strategies for company. And that is about in the balance of 2008. When 2008 hit, the companies that I worked with really grew. They did well. They blew through that recession like, like it was no problem uh, at all. And from there, companies started to ask me to come and speak for them, tell them what I was doing with the companies that I was working with and why they were flourishing. And it was from those small speaking engagements at Rotaries, at Chambers of Commerce and Kiwanis Clubs that somebody said, you should think about becoming a professional speaker. I joined the National Speakers Association and the rest is history. Right, wow. What a journey. That is a great journey. <laughs> now, it's great to think about, you know, where you come from. That's that's yeah. important because people want to know that, you know. They say, well, just how did, why did you, you know. So this is great, to, great information to know. Now, Meredith, we just celebrated Thanksgiving. Yeah. And my social media director found a blog of yours that fit the occasion. And we used it yesterday as our corporate blog. Oh, nice. It's called Thanksgiving, a time to reflect, redesign and renew. It fit everything so perfectly where we're at that we just loved it. We just loved it. And people are, are looking at it and commenting. But our, why did you choose when you wrote that blog? those key things that we need to hear and head towards, how do they help us come face the 2024, which is coming shortly? Yeah. You know, so I'm a huge fan of history. In fact, if you, if you look on my audible or you look on my nightstand and you see what I read, I don't really read business books. I read history. And I, I think it's because reflection is how we learn. 
And, um, and I love the Thanksgiving holiday of all the holidays. It's my absolute favorite. And the reason I love it is because number one, it's about being grateful. It's about slowing down, taking the time to think about all the reasons that you're lucky in this world. And I'm a big believer that what you focus on expands. Now, reflecting is really about thinking about the past. What has worked in your business? What hasn't worked in your business? What are you grateful for in your business? What can you learn from what you've done and use that information to help position you to be successful uh, going forward? You know, I'm a business coach. I'm a certified business coach, but I always tell people, I say the best business coach you can hire out there is you, because if you will just take the time to take a breath and look back at your business, you're able to see the things that you did that were effective, that you need to do more of the things that you, that you've done that just aren't working anymore. They're not growing your business. Stop doing those. And maybe a couple of risks and a couple of things that you need to do differently. Now, I also said I'm a student of history, and I think that um, I find so much motivation and peace from reading history. Right now, I'm reading a book about uh, Teddy Roosevelt, and, um, and it's amazing how divided our country was at the turn of the century. You think about the challenges that are going on right now, and, and you're fearful of them, you're scared of them. But when I read history, I think, We've been here before. I mean, when you think about the economy, and if you're a believer that we're headed for recession, you know, people grew their businesses through through economic depression. There's so much, there's so much thing can be gained through reflection. And from that, you can renew. You can find the motivation, you can find the strategies, the energy, and the support you need to move your business forward. So that's a little bit of a long-winded answer as to why um, you know, as as to why I chose those. But I think that it's important to take the time and stop. Think about what you're grateful for. Learn from your own behaviors. Learn from history. And then find the path, choose the path, and commit to the path that you're going to use going forward. I love the long answer. And <laughs> I love history. Because I, I too, both my husband, who's our CFO, and myself love history. Because we can learn so much and realize, yeah. We've all been through this before. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing new. Okay. We managed to, to get in places, you know, the, the same. So thank you for sharing that so that we can interest others in looking at history because it is valuable. It Very is valuable. valuable. Exactly. Now, as you share that we can thrive and turn our uncertainty of whatever's going on right now into our comp. Uh, competitive advantage, what is the first step that you suggest in doing that? Yeah, you know, the um, the first step in turning uncertainty to competitive advantage is, and, and understand, I don't care what the marketplace um, holds. You know, it, as you watch everything, some people say we're headed for a soft landing. Some people say we're headed for a hard landing, which that, what that really tells you is nobody has any idea what we're headed, um, what we're headed for. So the very first step that you need to take is you need to have clarity of vision of, um, of what your year is going to look like. And the reason for that is, is that your mind will find what you focus on. You know, Sue, probably the most fascinating thing that I've learned from speaking on this topic and researching on this topic is that success isn't logical. 
If we made a list of all the reasons you would never be successful in 2024 and made a list of all the reasons that you would, the reasons that you will never succeed will always be longer. But what I have found from people who have grown their organizations, succeeded, is that what they focus on is what expands. And you have got to have a, a vision of what your year is going to look like and how successful you're going to be. And then you need to focus on it relentlessly so that your mind continually finds opportunity in the face of obstacles. That is so key. That is so key. And I am so honored and blessed to have wonderful speakers that I get to represent and I get to see their knowledge firsthand and, and benefit from it because you have helped me so much. I want to thank you publicly because you. like I said, I love things that work mm. and, and keeping our mind focused is the key. It is key. And yeah. so thank you. Thank you for what you do for all of us so much because it keeps us where we need to be at. And you're right. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. You are so true. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because you can still thrive and succeed. Yeah, ab absolutely. The um, the power of where you focus the mind is is so important. I always tell audiences when I speak to them and I speak about this step, I'm going to literally give you the plan and the strategy for thriving in uncertainty based on 250 years worth of research. I'm going to take every ounce of guesswork out of what you need to do but you have to set your mind right. That's the one piece I can't do for you. And, you know, just like we talked a little bit about getting in shape um, after eating so much yesterday, we work our bodies out all the time. I mean, we walk, you dance, um, you know, some people lift weights, others, you know, do other things, but we, we work to keep our bodies healthy. You've got to keep your mind healthy too. And healthy means focusing it on what can happen rather than on the reasons that you won't be successful. It's so fascinating that when I speak at conferences, research says that people will spend more time at an event talking about the things they cannot control rather than focusing on the things that they can. And that tiny shift of just focusing on what you can control and forgetting about what you can't, that tiny shift is going to mean the difference between struggle and uncertainty and thriving in it. That was worth this whole. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I know there's going to be many out there that are going to need to hear that. Going to need to hear that. Now, you are entering into a new chapter as well, becoming yeah. president of the National Speakers Association. Can you tell us what are, because we've got lots of speakers that listen yeah. to us and other speaker bureaus and everybody. Uh, what are some of the challenges that speakers face today in the world of speaking and how do they overcome them? Yeah, you know, I, I, lo I love this question, Sue, and I'm so glad that you um, that you brought it up. And I'm so glad you brought up the National Speakers Association because I was just listening to a webinar that the National Speakers Association put on the other day about um, artificial intelligence and how it's going to change uh, the, the, the speaking industry and change the marketing for speakers. And I thought to myself, how do speakers even build a business if they are not a member of the National Speakers Association? The value I get out of the community is incredible. But I would say that the biggest challenges that speakers 
face is that we head into 2024. I believe 93% of CEOs believe that we are headed for a recession. So that tells you right there, it doesn't matter whether we're headed for a recession or not. If 93% of CEOs believe it, there's a mindset out there that the economy is slowing down. And if there's a mindset slowing down, it means decision-making is going to slow down. Budgets are going to, um, are going to uh, get get cut and speakers are going to have to compete harder for a smaller market and compete harder to get uh, their price. So those are the biggest challenges that I see that um, that speakers face right now. And I'm happy to tell you how I think they need to solve those problems if you if you want me to answer that part of the question too. Yeah, we'd love that. All right. That wasn't on the agenda, but hey, we're flexible here. We don't practice. We don't, we don't do any of this. So tell us. Go yeah. Ahead. So so people ask me all the time. I do 80 to 90 speaking engagements uh, a year. And people ask me all the time, what am I doing? And um, and here's here's what it comes down to. I'm gonna clearly tell you how I work so much and what it's gonna take to get booked. In, um, in 2024. Number one, you have got to be relevant. That is so incredibly key. Biggest mistake I see speakers make is they're speaking about a topic that isn't relevant. And what do I mean about relevant? What I mean is you have to be speaking about a topic that when the client looks at it, when somebody calls Sue and says, I need a speaker for this, when they look at your topic, they say, I need that. So Sue mentioned at the beginning, I speak about sales, I speak about strategy, I speak about leadership, but that's not my topic. My topic is turning uncertainty to competitive advantage. Why? Because when I talk to my customers, the biggest challenge they've got out there is how to, is, is how to navigate uncertainty. That is relevant. You have to be incredibly relevant. The second piece, you got to be good on stage. If you're not good on stage, you're not going to get repeat business. So you better be working on your craft. Listen, I have been at this since 2009. I I have a, a keynote that I booked 80 times last year, right before Thanksgiving, got on with my speaker coach. We blew my keynote up and we worked on it again. I've got a meeting December 21st with a story coach. We're going to dive into my stories and make them even better. I am never, ever good enough. You've got to work on your craft. Now, the last one, this is the most important. You got to hustle. You got to realize that being in the speaking business is what you do. Selling is how you get on stage. People are always so surprised. I just spoke with a brand new member of the National Speakers Association yesterday. And she said, I thought business just came to you. And I said, business comes to me. Sure, it comes to me. But if I want to be booked and I want to control the marketplace, I have got to sell. The other thing is I sell because I believe my message is so important. So there you've got it. If you want to work in 2024, and I want you to work in 2024, join the National Speakers Association. You need the community. Number two, be relevant. Go out, talk to customers, figure out what they are challenged with in the marketplace. Call Sue, talk to her, talk to her about how you need to update your content to be relevant. Solve the right problem. Be good on stage. Never quit getting better on stage and pick up the phone, send emails, put your foot on the gas and call people and ask to get on those stages. So those are my thoughts, Sue. Yay. 
<laughs> oh, and they they go right hand in hand with what we do. And we've got uh, Gary. Thank you for coming. Uh, we have uh, audience here that needs to know those things because you're yeah. right. I, and I keep pushing them. And from you, I never have to ask. <laughs> I you send it to me in advance. You let me know what's going on. You know, and that makes me even hustle more. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. that's the key here. We're all in this together. So anyway, that that's fabulous. That's fabulous. Oh, all right. <laughs> now, uh, one other question that came up and someone said, would you ask her this one? And I said, sure, <laughs> I'm open. All right. Meredith, what do you feel is the number one key to being successful as a salesperson or sales leader. So you said sell, we got to sell ourselves yeah. and we do have to do that. But what's the number one key in doing that? You know, um, I think, I think it is, um, first of all, again, you've got to be relevant. You've got to understand what's going on. What is the biggest pain point for your audience and how are you positioned to solve that problem. You know, so I'm not a professional athlete. I didn't climb up Mount Everest backwards on one leg. I mean, people are not hiring me because they know my name. They hire me because I can solve a problem that they need. So if you want to be a number one sales speaker, what's the biggest challenge in the sales marketplace today? And I can tell you because I am, I'm writing about it. I'm blogging about it. I'm doing videos about it. And my keynotes reflect it. It's that how do you drive sales in, in a marketplace where budgets are tightening and, and decision-making is slowing down? How do you drive sales in a marketplace like that? When you can answer those questions, then you are going to be successful. The other thing is, I don't know how you talk about sales if you don't sell yourself. How do you talk about sales if you are not out there selling? How do you talk about leadership if you are not leading? So this is the age of authenticity. People want to know that they are learning from somebody who understands that. I always do Q&A at the end of my uh, keynotes if people, if people want it. And more and more audiences are asking for it. And I was out in Palm Springs last week, I think, and uh, we, did, we ended up doing 30 minutes of Q&A. And the CEO came up to me afterwards and he said, I've never seen a speaker who just let the audience ask him anything. And I role played on stage. I did anything they wanted to do. And I said, I, I am doing exactly what your salespeople are doing. I'm calling customers. I'm getting hung up on. I'm getting emails, not returned. So when people ask me how I'm getting through those obstacles, this isn't some theory I made up. This is my life too. And so you need to be coming, you need to be speaking to them from a place of relatability. You know what they're going through. Don't be an academic speaker. Right, exactly. Because that's exactly what they're not wanting. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, so it's easy, it's easy to talk to you. I mean, if, if you're talking to your customers about sales, you're out there selling, you know exactly what they're going through. Your speakers have to be the exact same way. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Now, Meredith, and looking back, what is it that makes you smile about mm -hmm. where you are today? Yeah, um, 
you know, I, I pinch myself at all that I am um, where I am uh, today. I can't believe that I get to live the life uh, that that I want to live. I mean, I travel all over the world. I get to engage with incredible, uh, incredible audiences. But, you know, if I had to say the thing that really makes me smile, it is that um, the biggest challenge facing people today is uncertainty. They're scared to death of what is coming. And being able to have done the research, have cracked the code, have created the formula that really helps people be successful in business makes me very proud and makes me really happy. I mean, I'm a big believer that business is the backbone of everything. When people work, it builds communities, it provides for families, it grows the next generation. I think that small business is so important and any business is so important. So to be able to look at what is the biggest challenge and to know that I can help and support them, that really makes me smile. And you do it so well. (laughs) Thank you. I can remember us first meeting. You do it so well. So well. Thank you. Now, in closing, Meredith, what will you do today to be remarkable? Mm. So today, literally this day after um, after Thanksgiving, I'm uh, I'm going to finish the blog that I started about helping people drive sales in 2024. So I'll get that out there. I'll I'll um, I'll get that I'll get that published. I'm going to do a little exercise to get myself back in shape, and more than anything, I'm going to sit down around the table tonight with my family, like we do every time that we get the luxury of being together. And think about what we're grateful for and what we're thankful for, and focus on how we uh, how we're blessed. Wow, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And to our audience here today, our challenge to you is: What are you going to do to be remarkable today? Please take a minute to share that in the chat or give us a comment because we'd love to know that. Because that you never know, you might have gotten something here today that will help you decide how you can be remarkable. We love that. Again, thank you for joining us so much today, Meredith, on this holiday weekend. And remember, yes, she books over 100 events a year. And I am honored to have her on our bureau and be able to help in any way that I can. So if you have an event coming up or you know someone that does, Make sure you contact us right away so we can get uh, on her busy schedule because she books quickly, very quickly. And everyone, we hope you will come back next Friday, December 1st. Wow. Can you believe it? (laughs) It's December already. I don't know, Meredith, where November went. I I don't either. It goes so fast. (laughs) I mean, it was fast. It was fast. But our featured guest will be Stephen Howard. Now, he's an award-winning leadership speaker and corporate trainer. He was named to the list of the top 20 biggest global voices on leadership this year by the Leadership Home Network. The honor was in recognition of his thought-provoking and leading-edge thinking on leadership called human leadership. So we're going to learn a lot about that. And he's a best-selling author of 22 leadership, business, and motivational books, 
and is the recipient of the Global Communicator Award from Global Business News. You won't want to miss this conversation next week at all. And we invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel because there you can see all the episodes of our show. So you can go back just in case you missed getting anything that Meredith had today. It's going to be right there for you. And it also has all their current videos of the speakers and the talent that we represent here at Remarkable of them on stage live and in person. So you can make your decision about who you're going to have at your next event. And I just want to thank everyone because, you know, it's remarkable the journey we've had here. And we are honored for the opportunity to partner with you, all of our clients, and create a remarkable experience of a lifetime for your clients and audience by bringing the talent that we so richly have to do that. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for making our business and our company thrive and grow. And we hope you have a remarkable rest of the Thanksgiving weekend. It's time to go shopping, time to decorate and spend with family. And we will see you next Friday. Have fun today, Meredith. Bye. Bye.